So this evening what we're looking at is just that sense of growing in maturity. Um, uh, most of you would know that our theme for this year has been living a life of wisdom and that's been predominantly us looking um, at the book of Proverbs and so we've had a look at the wisdom wisdom in the use of our mouth and um, we've looked at wisdom as spirit-led women and um, wisdom as women in the Word of God, and we've also looked at wisdom in our relationships. And I don't think we can really talk about wisdom without touching on that sense of growing and maturing um, in the things of God. Um, Proverbs itself doesn't really speak specifically about maturity. Maturity is not a word that you'll find in Proverbs, but if you think of Proverbs as this collection of accumulated wisdom over the generations that was then put down to be shared, um, and particularly the emphasis in the first part of the book of Proverbs of about godly wisdom and the pursuit of godly wisdom and the difference between wisdom and foolishness, then really by implication I feel like we can... Um, say that Proverbs and that sense of wisdom also underpinning that is um, this narrative that God's people can and should continue to grow and mature. And uh, I was thinking today actually while I was writing a few notes down um, any of you who kind of have had anything much to do with um, psychology or even education and business would know that one of the buzzwords or phrases um, in kind of um, uh, thinking around this at the moment is something called growth mindset. Um, it's that idea that humans have the potential to grow and transform and learn and change um, and that's conversely kind of with a fixed mindset. And uh, I mean lots of things have changed in that time. I, most of you would know I'm an occupational therapist and um, when I first studied, even around things like the way that brains recovered from strokes, they thought that once you had damage to your brain, that was it. And really in the time um, that... Um, I trained as an OT and then went back after I'd had the girls for a bit. There'd been this whole area of development around neuroplasticity and the ability for our brain to use different parts, to regenerate new pathways, just for this idea of um, a growth mindset in a different way, the, uh, the capacity for people to grow and to change, even from things like um, strokes and um, other um, injuries to the brain. But I want you to, so with this in mind, this idea that there's this kind of narrative out um, in the world now that talks about this growth mindset and how do we educate with this idea of growth mindset and run business with growth mindset. I just want you to listen to these passages of scripture and tell me who you thought first created the notion of growth mindset. It says in Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 9, for this reason, since the, the day that we heard about you, you have not, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing to him in every way, bearing good fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God." 
Well, if that one's not enough, 2 Peter chapter 1 says this, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, so there's that idea of growth again, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally, um, I mean, there are. It's this is all through Scripture. This is just a dot, dotting a few um, things, but just to give us an idea of how passionately God feels about growth and maturing. Philippians three. This is Paul writing. He says. Uh, about himself. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, which we'll find out in a minute that word perfect means mature, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. So growth and that idea of maturing is really important to the Lord. It's how he's designed us physically, isn't it? To mature from um, in utero through to babies, into childhood, into young adulthood in, in, and into adulthood. Our physical bodies are made to grow and to mature. Now, the word that is most often translated mature in the New Testament is a Greek word which is teleos. And that will be translated either mature or perfect. Um, in, in the first chapter of James, it, it uses the word perfect, which I feel is always a little bit jarring because I'm pretty sure that none of us would feel that perfection was really within our grasp. But um, the idea that comes with this Greek word teleos, is, um, which can be translated mature or perfect, um, is this idea of an end goal or a standard and then combined with that, this idea of the full development of one's power, one's character and experience. So that's what the Greek word means. And so um, the idea of maturity from a, just a, like the meaning of the word, is this idea of there being an end goal or standard and that there, it's, it, the idea of maturity is this full development of our potential power, character and experience. But as Paul says in Philippians, where we've just read, where he says himself, well, I've not obtained this perfection, um, but I'm going to keep pressing on to make it my own in Christ Jesus because he's laid hold of me. Um, he makes it quite clear that um, it's not like we're going to reach moral perfection this side of heaven. Rather, the invitation and the actual exhortation to us is to, to press towards that with the view that that will be a lifelong process um, for us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So how, if, if the idea of um, spiritual maturity has as part of it this idea of a goal or an end standard that we're meant to be um, attaining um, to, how do we measure that spiritual maturity? What is um, the standard? It's not a trick question. Um, there's only one benchmark and standard for us as Christians, and that's the Lord Jesus. Uh, he is our benchmark and our standard. And so if we think of him as the benchmark and the standard of what ultimately perfection and maturity looks like, we very quickly understand that when we use the word maturity to apply to ourselves, it's a relative term. We are developing in maturity relative to his perfect maturity. Does that make sense? So like it's always for us going to be a relative term of which this side of heaven we will never reach the end goal of. Um, We are in process of pressing on towards finishing the race well, pursuing and growing in or developing in maturity our whole life. So unlike our physical body, which gets to a point where um, it is fully grown, um, and I've got two teenage girls who assure me every day they are still growing, and I tell them, no, I don't think you are growing anymore. You haven't grown for two years. I think this is it. I don't think you're going to get any taller. I am, Mum, look... Um, they're my two petite ones. So, um, but unlike that, our, mat- our maturity in the Lord is just a constant process until the point at which we're called home to be with Jesus or he comes back, whichever one happens first. Um, and so um, if he is the benchmark and it's this relative term, then the other thing that I think can be a mistake for us is if we are using a different benchmark, um, particularly if we're comparing ourselves to others. I mean, that can go one of two ways. That can go, well, look, I'm definitely more mature than that person or even I'm less mature than that person. But, I mean, Paul says to the Corinthians, um, we cannot commend ourselves by comparing ourselves to others. Jesus is the only measure. We can't actually commend ourselves by looking at other people and going, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm better than them. I'm doing better than them. Uh, to keep us in this growth mindset of pursuit of growing in maturity in the Lord Jesus, um, with Jesus as the only measure, we will always know that we have not attained that. Um, And so we are wanting to mature then into the fullness of Christ and for the fullness of him to be exhibited in our life. That is the end goal for us. When you talk about those two things of the, the standard or the end goal and then the idea of um, growing in and get coming to the fullness of the power and the experience and the character of us. So that is still Jesus. Like what that looks like is Jesus. The, the character of Jesus, the nature of Jesus, who Jesus is, that again is our benchmark. That is maturity. That is perfection. He models for us, even in his humanity, what it looked like to be fully mature. And so we press on towards that so that the fullness of him would be increasingly exhibited in our life.
Um, so if those are our definitions, there's not one of us here who is ever really going to claim that we've arrived, um, that um, we've made it. We are mature enough. We can now rest. We're there. Um, and I was thinking about in my own life, I don't know about you, I probably using my own life and possibly the fact that we've now raised four teenagers and... Um, I was thinking about when was I most sure that I knew everything in my life and it was definitely in those kind of teens, maybe to early 20s, like I, I feel like even, I think I've said this before, some of the things I did early on as an occupational therapist, new grad out, well, I mean, I've got my degree, hello, I know everything that I really cringe at now because I just didn't have the life experience to go with that. Um, so... But I felt in some ways as I've grown older that in fact the only thing I'm sure of is how much I'm not sure of, that, that in fact as I've grown older I'm far more aware of what I don't know and what I don't understand and have come much more face to face with the mystery of life and the inability to, to know all of that. But I feel like that in the strange ways of God's kingdom, which is often upside down a bit, that that actually being humble enough to know um, and acknowledge that we don't know it all and that actually we are fully dependent on him is in fact maturity. That, that is maturity. The world would tell us that maturity happens with our accumulation of knowledge and mastery of skills and um, I guess even growing in autonomy and independence. But actually that is not the measure of kingdom maturity. Kingdom maturity comes with this humility that causes us to want to be lifelong learners because um, we know that we are utterly dependent um, upon the Lord Jesus. And so um, our pursuit of maturity, and I love how um, Peter describes this in 2 Peter in chapter 1 in his letter. Um, he talks about... Um, this idea of a lifetime pursuit of laying hold of Jesus's provided divine power that grants us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And that in fact maturity is um, laying hold of his provision for us to grow and mature. Um, which is very different, obviously, to how the world measures maturity. As I said, you know, we're, in most other arenas of our life, you're looking at increasing in your mastery of a skill or your independence and autonomy. But the kingdom measures our spiritual maturity by our increasing dependence and obedience and submission to the Father, which was perfectly modelled by Jesus. He modelled exactly that maturity. I do not do anything except what I see my father doing. Um, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Like he, he modelled perfectly for the, us this picture of maturity and dependence and submission and obedience to the father. 
So, I mean, a lot of these are fairly um, lofty things. I mean, there's things there to, I guess, challenge us. And I think it's really important for us to have a right view when we think about growing in maturity about what that means. And I didn't really feel like there are lots of things we could tackle in talking about maturity and um, all the things, some of the, I guess, spiritual practices that help us in growing in maturity. But what I found myself thinking about in preparation for tonight was more about what does growing in maturity look like in our lives? Like, I mean, the the succinct answer, as we've already explored, is that it looks more like Jesus. Um, But given that the fullness of Christ in us is always going to be tainted somewhat by our humanity, this side of heaven... um, what can we recognise in our own life as markers of that we are growing and maturing um, in the Lord and even paying attention to some of those areas where perhaps there's still some immaturity? And so um, I hope that it's clear this evening that spiritual maturity is so much more than our theological knowledge and our biblical literacy. Those things are incredibly important, so don't hear differently to that this evening. But it is possible to know stuff and not live those things out. And so growing in maturity, again, and we've talked about this when we were I guess, positioning what even wisdom was at the beginning of the year. Growing in maturity um, is not about the stuff that we know. It's something that's actually outworked, and that's throughout Scripture, that, that it's not a head knowledge, that that will play out and work its way out in the way that we live our lives. Um, so... I guess another way to say that is that growing in maturity will have fruit in our lives. But I would love for you to think about maturity as more than the fruit on the tree. Maturity, I think, is like the roots that go deep, um, that actually then enable the tree to be healthy, to bear fruit. So growing in maturity isn't actually always going to be the showy... um, leaves and fruit on the outside, although those come as a result of a healthy root system, growing in maturity is really about putting our roots deep down um, in the Lord Jesus. So growing in maturity will impact our relationships and our human interactions. It will impact our pursuit of Jesus and our humility and surrender um, to him It will impact our decision-making and our discernment, our dreams and our desires um, often can shift as we grow in maturity. Um, And our awareness of ourselves in relation to who God is um, shifts and changes as we grow in maturity. Um, And also our emotions and our thought life is impacted as we grow in maturity. Um, Maturity or lack thereof, impacts everything in our lives. And so Paul writes to the Ephesians, um, 
And he's talking about the, the various um, offices or um, areas of um, ministry to the body of Christ. But what he says is that the building up and the equipping of the body of Christ, that's us, is until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And he goes on to say that then, as we um, uh, um, become more mature and attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching or by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ." So we can, I think, pull from this if we're thinking about what does it look like to be growing in maturity, that one of the areas that we will notice in our lives as we grow in maturity is this greater sense of discernment. He says here that as we grow in maturity, attaining this whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that we won't be tossed backwards and forwards by everything that's going on around us and the um, deceit that might be around us, that, that actually there'll be, a, there'll be a discernment in us to be able to recognise those things um, and that, um, that, that there'll be a firmness in our faith as a result of growing in maturity because we will be able to actually um, know what's God and what's not. Um, and so that is a mark of spiritual maturing in our life, that ability to start to be less tossed about by things and to be a bit more firm about what's God and what does his voice sound like and what, does it does, what doesn't it sound like, to actually be able to start to distinguish those things. Those are all marks of maturing in um, the Lord. And he, give, he loves to give us lots of practice at that. Um, I would often say to people who say, for example, um, I've been in maybe a prayer meeting. This used to happen to me and I remember... Uh, a wise person saying to me once I was saying to them, oh, I'm just, I'll be in a prayer meeting and I'll get this sense of saying something but then I'll feel too nervous that maybe that's not the right thing to say or that God didn't say that. And then somebody else says exactly the same thing you've been thinking. And I used to think, oh, I'm so stupid. Like I really should have realised that. Until somebody totally reframed that for me and said, but that's God reassuring you, you heard him. Like, how else would you know? But by, you know, in that... And so then the next time, you're just a little bit bolder when you get a sense of discernment that that's what God sounds like when he's talking to us. Um, so the first thing that I guess we're looking for, or one of the things that we're looking for in our life in growing maturity is that sense of discernment, of recognising God in the midst, of not being tossed around by some of the other things that are going on around us. Um, Paul described it this way when he was praying for the Colossian believers. He said, we struggle on your behalf in our prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. So mature in, as we mature, we will just grow in our sense of feeling fully assured in the, in the will of God. That doesn't mean that we know everything all the time. Our, our humanity is absolutely still there. And I'm 
quite sure that there will be things at times that feel a little bit more tricky to discern. But when we build history with God and we're growing in maturity, um, we're just firmer in our foundations. Um, the other thing that the um, the that passage talks about is the ability to speak the truth in love. We won't go into lots of detail about that, but again, it conveys this truth that as we grow in maturity, then as bringers of the truth, that will always be um, conveyed with love. Um, And again, you just see the perfect example of that in Jesus, uh, where he always led with both grace and truth. Um, in the way that he talked to and ministered to people. So I've just brainstormed some other characteristics. This is not an exhaustive list at all, um, but just things that popped into my head, some of them while driving here this evening. Um, So one of the other things that I feel is a real marker of actually growing maturity and results in maturity, but is is an indicator of maturity as being teachable. Um, that um, when we do expect that developing in our maturity is going to be this lifelong process, um, something that I think we then recognise is that there's this intentional pursuit of um, being teachable and learning and growing. Um, And and so um, there's always more to know about God. Like, we're never going to arrive at knowing the fullness of him. He constantly has ways to surprise us and to know more of the fullness of him. Um, You know, the psalmist talked about, Lord, teach me your ways that I might walk in them. And so part of being mature is being teachable and looking for that characteristic in your life, looking for how you respond when there's a moment where actually... um, you need to be soft-hearted and ready to be um, taught. I've been looking much more keenly recently at how Jesus reacted to his disciples in moments that they were demonstrating immaturity, of which there were quite a few if you read the Gospels. And really without fail, I just was so encouraged to see how with his disciples he turned every single one of those moments into a teachable moment with his disciples. You know, whether it was Peter saying dumb things about pitching tents on the Mount of Transfiguration and um, him speaking to that, or whether it was dealing with James and John who were talking about wanting to have places on the left and right. Like, he, he took those moments of immaturity and humanity and taught into them, and that tells us a lot about how Jesus operates in our life, even in moments where we've been a bit daft ourselves, is that his desire is to turn those moments into teachable moments for us. But we need to respond to that. And so, um, you know, that's our part. Our part is to be soft-hearted enough um, and not um, rigid in our own thinking or no, I'm always right, um, to be teachable. Um, The other thing that I think is really important around teachability is that being teachable and allowing other 
mentors in your life. That's part of being teachable. You know, having people who walk alongside you and with you, whether that's peers or also the ability to sow into people's lives who um, have perhaps... Um, um, been walking less time with the Lord and then with people who've been walking more time than you. We are meant to grow in maturity in community. And so part of being teachable is um, spurring one another on, standing with one another, encouraging one another and seeking out that um, from people, you know, what did this look like in your life? Um, I mean, I remember just trying to glean as much as I could from people in when I was in the thick of n new parenting and how do I make room for God in the middle of all of this because I'm not getting enough sleep at night and I'm, you know, what did you do? And I would just, I just had faithful people who were maybe 10 years ahead of me who were able to encourage me and help me to grow and um, call out the gold um, in me in ways that then helped me to, to grow and mature. Um, humility is closely linked to being teachable. You know, it's just that keen awareness to be able to look at ourselves in the light of Christ. You know, humility is not denigrating and running ourselves down, but it is having a right view of us in relationship to who God is and to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought and to be again, ready to be teachable, to be ready when we have made a mistake or we are aware of an area of sin in our life or um, uh, thinking that is not in alignment um, with what God is saying, just that um, readiness to, be, um, to come in repentance and to receive God's forgiveness, um, just to have that ongoing submission of the sanctification work of Christ in our life. And, you know, some of the most mature, spiritually mature people that I know are some of the most humble people. You know, they're not showy people. They're not, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, they just have... Um, they carry the presence of Christ with them. I mean, you, I'm sure you can all think of people like that, that you've come across where there's just this um, humility. Um, I feel like you even kind of get a little bit of a sense of that with people like Paul as you read his writings over time and you see the edges rubbed off him a bit. He was obviously still a very fiery man um, and... God called him with all the abilities and, um, and capacity that he had. But, you know, you'll see this subtle shift in how he refers to himself as a bond slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, just the humility, at the more he gets to know Jesus, the more he rightly views himself in relation to that. And that is maturity. That's what maturing spiritually looks like. Um. I, this was the one I scribbled down in the car, so I think I can read it. But I was just thinking about, um, as an ordinary one for all of us, but a mark of maturity is being faithful in the ordinariness of life. Like, that is a mark of maturity right there. You know, we can sometimes think that maturity should be all the showy stuff, but actually a significant mark of maturity is... Um, being able to be faithful in the hidden places. Like that's why I think of it like a root system. You know, it's the bits you can't see. But, you know, that maturity of being faithful um, in the ordinariness of life. Um, God sees that and that 
both is a mark of maturity and it develops maturity in us. Um, another area which I think is a significant area of maturity, and again, this could be a whole um, section on its own, we're nearly done, um, is the maturity that is both shown and developed um, in the endurance of faith during suffering. And most of you would um, know that Scripture is full of this link between the endurance in suffering and the development of maturity in our life. And some of the most Christ-like mature people that I know are people who have endured the most in suffering. Um, in um, First James it says this, Count all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let that steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, that's the word mature, and complete, lacking nothing. And then Romans 5 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. It's hard not to despise suffering sometime, and to see it as fruitless and pointless, and yet... Christ is formed in us through suffering. I read this quote today which really stood out to me. Um, the question was posed, how does suffering mature us? And this is the writer's response. It sends us back to God and his love and mercy in Christ, to Jesus' death and resurrection and the sure hope based on that. This comfort is found in digging back into the promises of the gospel and knowing the presence of God through Christ even in the midst of trials. Just as suffering intensifies and personalises questions of God's goodness, it brings home the richness of God's answer to suffering. As we press on trusting God, we learn the glory of his love and hope. And then just finally this evening, again, this could be a whole one on its own, um, but it's a very important evidence of maturity in our life, and that is how we love. Um, Jesus obviously said that how we love would be how people knew that we belong to him. And um, it's a marker of becoming more like him, that um, how we love. Um, so this evening, really, I guess... These are just things to ponder. I'm hopeful that you'll spend some time with the Lord just paying attention to some of the things that um, he's highlighted to you, that, um, that he is for us and so desires for us to grow in maturity and that on the one hand, whilst we hold out this benchmark of Jesus... And therefore, it could look like, well, you know, that's like that's just a ridiculous benchmark for maturity. He he provides absolutely everything we need. There's nothing he asks of us that he doesn't then make every provision for us in our life for. And um, and there is um, such joy in growing 
um, in maturity and uh, knowing Christ more fully and making him known, um, which is really what we're called to do as people who love and follow him, to know him fully and to make him known. And part of that is to be growing in maturity in our own life. So I want to um, just um, pray over us this evening. Um, I love the, um, the prayer that Paul talks about in Colossians um, chapter 4. He's actually talking about this brother who's been struggling earnestly in prayer for the Colossians to see them stand mature and presented as mature in Christ and fully assured in the will of God. And I... I, I just want to pray that over us this evening that um, that we would be presented mature in Christ and that we would stand mature and fully assured the will of God and just continue to allow his sanctifying and transformative work to be at work in us um, to know the fullness of Christ in our life. So would you just join me? Our Father... I think for most of us, God, um, a lot of the time we would be uh, pretty aware of our imperfections and our humanity and we're just really grateful, Jesus, that you modelled so beautifully in the humanity of your disciples your desire to teach even into some of the most immature moments of our life and things that... um, we may look upon with a sense of uh, failure Um, and yet you are just always willing um, to teach us and um, to see us mature um, in you. And so, Lord, this evening I pray that you would help each one of us just to pay attention to what it is that you're saying to us. Uh, God, that we would hear both your encouragement um, and um, your exhortation to press on, God, um, to pursue um, that goal of knowing Christ more fully and um, of the fullness of Christ being made evident in our lives um, as your followers to grow in maturity um, in you, Lord Jesus. So I just pray for each one of us this evening to stand mature, that we would ultimately be presented mature in Christ and that for each one of us we would be growing and developing to become fully assured in all the will of God. I ask, Lord, that um, you would um, get practical with us where that's needed and that, God, you would just continue the good work that you've begun in each one of us here that um, that you would bring that to completion. And I thank you, Lord, that um, it is your divine power at work in us, that you've made every provision for us um, to pursue you more fully and to grow in maturity. So I ask, Lord, just for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit for each one of us this evening. Um, Lord, we trust you. And... Um, Thank you, Lord, for time together. In Jesus' name, amen.